Hi, this is Donna Valentino. Welcome to Kick It With Donna. Are you ready to get real? Let's talk. Hi, this is Donna Valentino. Uh, Welcome back. Uh, I have my sexy voice on today because I caught some crud, so I apologize in advance. Anyway, we are going to talk today about family dysfunction. I know everyone has it, but I'm going to give you a definition of what it is just in case you're unfamiliar. Family dysfunction, it's, it's a family in which conflict, misbehavior, and often child neglect or abuse on the part of individual parents occur continually and regularly, leading other members to accommodate such actions. Children sometimes grow up in such families with the understanding that such arrangement is normal. Okay, so there is really nothing normal about family dysfunction, but yet we all have it. So I have a couple of guests with me today, kind of have a different uh, range, age ranges, 24, 42. So that's a pretty nice uh, age span to talk about family dysfunction. And the first guest I have with me is Carla Nunn. I'm gonna actually let Carla tell you who she is and talk about her family dysfunction. Well, hi, um, my name is Carla Nunn and I'm 42 years old and I'm a longevity coach. Um, I help people uh, look at their wellness um, goals throughout their life, kind of like a financial planner would look at someone's money. I look at someone's overall well-being for long term. So uh, family dysfunction, I never knew I had any family dysfunction until later on in life when I saw that what I wanted in other families I didn't have in my own because it became normal. So the dysfunction became my new normal. And so um, I can recall several different, you know, occasions um, with my family. One being the first time my father ever verbally told me he loved me, I was 18 years old. Now I knew he loved me, but he never verbally showed me, or he never verbally told me and he never showed me. It was just, but he was always there and he always provided. My mother, the first time she verbally told me she loved me, I was 38 years old. So I never heard it. And then it wasn't shown either, but they were there. They provided for me in every single way, but I didn't realize until later in life how bad I needed that and craved it from other people because I never received it at home. So that was, that was huge for me now moving forward to make sure that doesn't carry on into with my children. Um, and then having that balance, um, making sure that I, I don't smother my kids either and go the t- complete opposite direction. So that was, and throughout that whole process, um, you know, understanding what love is, hearing it and sharing it um, and realizing, you know, a family unit, you know, how important that is moving forward. So Carla, how did that how did you handle that family dysfunction going forward with your own kids? Well, first of all, I had to forgive them, my parents. I had to forgive them for they did not know. They only did what was done to them. And I realized that by watching the interactions of my grandparents. And But I knew that's what I did not want. So I had to, what were the steps I was going to take to make sure that I didn't carry that on, you know, with my children? And I really didn't realize this was an issue with me until my son, Xavier, turned uh, three years old. And he was wanting to cling on to me. And he would tell me he loved me all the time. And even though I told him I loved him, 
I wasn't nurturing enough and I realized it, but why am I not, why am I like this? That's when I had to go back and realize it wasn't done to me. And I don't want him to feel like this. I know what it felt like with me, but I don't want him to feel like this. So I had to really change. Um, even giving a hug was hard for me. And you think, how can you do that with your own child? How could you not hug and say you love your child all the time? Well, it was because it was as how I was raised. But I had to break that. And that moment I prayed and I, from that I made an intentional decision that I was going to go above and beyond to make sure my kids felt nurtured and loved, verbally and affectionately. Did you ever address it with your parents later on when you realized that you were really missing that? Did you address it with them? Um, I haven't had a conversation with my mother yet. I don't think she's in a place to receive it, um, and I'll tell you why. I'm 42, and the first time she told me she loved me was when I was 38, and I was going through a divorce. And I had forgiven her six years prior to myself. I had forgiven her. And because I forgave her, it made it easier for me to move on because she just didn't know. But when she told me at 38, it wasn't for me. It was for her. And at that moment, it, was, it opened the door for us to now even have a stronger you know, bond and communication. So I haven't really addressed that with her because I don't think she's ready for that. It took everything she had just to tell me that verbally at that point. With my father, um, I did have to address certain things with him. I did that um, right around the time I forgave my parents. So I was 32 years old, um, 10 years ago. And I remember asking him questions. Dad, these things happened to me in junior high and high school. And how can you not know that these things didn't happen? Like, why wouldn't you, like, if I was depressed... Why didn't you come and, and fight harder or communicate or try and get in and ask all these questions? Why didn't you do it? And he's like, because it wasn't done to me. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized it's like, you, you know, he grew up in an age where it was very strict Catholics and you don't talk about anything. You just do what authority says. And there's that was it. And that's what you did. Where now um, that's just not the case. And I think the more that you bring things to the light, the easier things, you know, you can move on. And so at that point, my dad and I had, um, a, a, a moment where he apologized, but he didn't know how. And that's one thing I had to realize is they didn't know how. And I'm so thankful that I had to fight to learn how, where my kids will not have that issue. They'll do that automatically. You actually bring up two very good points, and the first one is that your parents copied their own parents. So basically, family dysfunction is a continuation. It's like hereditary. It's a generational line that can continue to keep going until one decides to, to be, break it. To break it. Mm -hmm. And you broke it. I broke it. And the other thing you mentioned that's interesting is that you had to forgive your parents, which is really important. Forgiveness is such an important thing anyway, to be able to forgive someone for what they felt they were doing that was right in the first place, and they didn't realize it wasn't. And you don't realize it's an issue until you raise your own kids, mm -hmm. and you realize that, wow, I, I didn't have this, and I want, to, I want to give it to my own children so that they can hopefully give it to their children because they've seen it and felt it. And my prayer to both my kids, I've even wrote it out in their baby books, is that they will be better than me. So if there's anything that I'm not doing right now that I'm not fulfilling because I don't know, that they'll be greater than me. They'll learn it better than me. You think your kids are actually really learning? They're learning something that they can take with them into their adulthood? Oh, absolutely. And even, you know, this past weekend was Mother's Day. 
you know, you love to brag on your kids, right? Of and course. So, <laughs> um, but my daughter wrote a note to me, and she's nine. Um, and you never know when your kids are actually picking up something until they actually do something later, what you've told them or instructed them to do or guided them. And she wrote a note thanking me for making her a better person, helping her with confidence, and always being there for me and always loving her. I don't think I could have told my parents that at nine years old. Nine is very young. That That's true. Nine is a young age to be able to write a note like that and mean it from the heart. And I got it not only one from her, but then my 14-year-old son kind of saying the same thing. So they're verbalizing at young age the love. And that's what I don't think I could have done at their age with my parents because I didn't feel it. No, why would you? you it wasn't, it wasn't um, there to begin with. So you were in the dark. Mm-hmm. You were basically in the dark. And there's so there are physical manifestations that I get to see now that right. what I've done is working. Has it been the best? You know, um, I've had some disappointments and been through a divorce myself. So, you know, there's things that happen w- with that. And so I want to make sure that I'm cultivating the best emotional, you know, safe place for my kids to learn and to grow and to work together. And I still, mommy makes mistakes. I ask forgiveness with my kids all the time so they can see I am a... Uh, have feelings too even though I'm their authority and I think the open communication and seeing what they've done to this point with the note this past weekend on Mother's Day lets me know that I'm at least on the right path. I think it's important also to to consider that and, and I need to consider this too because I think as parents we do what we think is the right thing to do with what the abilities that we have been given to us and it's not until later in life when your children have their children and they're going down this road that you bring to their attention that this was missing for me and I don't want this missing in my own children's lives. So basically, you've made a difference. You feel like you're making a difference. Yep. My next guest is Jordan Weiss. Uh, he's 24 and happens to be my son. So. Hi, that, that's me, Jordan Weiss. Um, as you can see, the name difference. Uh, there was a divorce involved, and so here I am now, talking about family dysfunction after years of a divorce. So you could probably say that I, I get it. I understand. I've been through this rodeo before. In fact, my family is a constant reminder of dysfunction for me, whether it's good or bad. Lately, it's been good, but typically my family dysfunction goes back uh, quite a bit. Now that everyone knows who I am, I don't want to say it, but my dad was uh, slightly verbally abusive to me when I was younger. I was ridiculed constantly, uh, typically if I didn't score, you know, 20 points in a basketball game or uh, I made a, a great play in football or something. I wasn't I wasn't typically rewarded with anything unless I did something incredible in sports, uh, whether it was scoring points or uh, assisting was not enough. I, could not ass- I couldn't have 12 assists in a game, a basketball game, and, and that be enough. I needed to, to be the man and score, and I got called a lot of names, I was, uh, if I didn't live up to my name, I was, I was a pretty good basketball player, so I was expected a lot out of me. My mom's sitting there next to me, I understand this, she was very much a part of this, she stood up for me in these times, um, these times of dysfunction, I guess I, I, I would have to sit there and, and take it, uh, and, and now as, a, as an adult, I've got I've to live through that and uh, try to put it behind me, because it's something you don't want to live your life thinking about, toughened me up as a person, and so it wasn't all bad. I think I will be a better father because of all this. I don't anticipate myself yelling at my son and calling him names that he won't ever forget. 
So if anything came out of this, at least that I will break the cycle, kind of like Carl before me. As a mom, as a, as a dad, I can be a, a different father to my son or daughter or whatever it is I have. I just hope to be a, a more understanding and more superior father <laughs> in that sense, I guess, I, to, that my kids, you know, achieve more than I do. Not that I've achieved anything yet, but these are just dreams that I have for my kids. Jordan, do you feel, from what you said, and yes, I was witness to everything Jordan stated, do you feel that surviving family dysfunction has made you a better person or will make you a better parent? Yes, I do think so. Um, I truly hope that I don't yell like I do. Like I have a, I definitely have some anger issues that I hope to resolve soon, but I, I hope to not yell at my kids like my father did. I hope to break that cycle at least. But it did make me a tougher person. And I don't, I don't take much from anybody after. <laughs> no, I think, I think what it does, experience. it does fortify you um, and it makes you stronger. You, you had no choice. So you basically lived with what you lived with, thinking that in the future you were not going to repeat the same pattern. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely don't want to be that person when I get older, or frankly now. But, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, the gene, genealogy is pretty strong in this, and he's got a strong gene filled with anger that was nicely passed down to me where I, you know, I, I can, I can get, I can get pretty, pretty angry pretty quick, you know, if, if it comes down to my fuse is not very, not very long, unfortunately. Well, I don't have a long fuse either. <laughs> and so I think Thanks, that, thanks both <laughs> you guys. You, you, you guys and I screwed. both have a, a equally short fuse. I think that from what I'm hearing, it was a negative environment in a lot of ways, and you would like to change that into a more positive environment going forward. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like the worst environment in the world. I mean, people are, they're much worse. It gets much worse than that, you know. I don't want to sit here and say that I'm like the, I got treated like garbage as a kid, you know, because I didn't. But I just, there were times where I'd rather forget, you know. But, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want that environment for my kid now. No, I, I don't blame you, and and I think I think that that's a real solid dream. It's not a pipe dream. It's something I think what we're all capable of. We have the ability to choose how we want to be and how we want to interact going forward. So sometimes your what you've gone through in the past, if you considered it negative, you can change that. You can choose to be more positive because you don't want to. You want to break that negativity cycle. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I. I mean, obviously, you know, I can't predict the future and, and say I'm going to be the world's greatest dad and not be an asshole like my dad. But, you know, am I allowed to say that on here? Yeah, it's fine. This is not a PG-rated show. We're not good. Not PG-rated. Okay, but who, who knows? I, I hope to break the cycle. And I've, I've been given enough enough baggage now at this point to where I can, you know, it's like I, I, I know how to be. I know how to be that asshole if I want to. So it's like I don't want to, I don't want to be like that, you know, so. This isn't going to get aired on, on on his. Don't make sure he doesn't get on his LinkedIn or something. You know, or, <laughs> his, okay, we'll work on it. Make sure this doesn't get to him somehow. I guess I'll be cut off even. You know. Well, well, that's just, that's a whole nother. That's wow. That's a whole nother bag of yeah, you want to get poop into that? right there. Yeah. Well, we knock yourself it. out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have to get into that here unless you want to. I, it's it, that's entirely up to you. Do you feel like being cut off is ever like a reality? I mean, yeah. I mean, I was recently somewhat cut off, as you know, <laughs> for not much of anything. Okay, that's, yeah, that's so, true. I do understand it in that sense. I mean, I, I am 24 years old, so 
at some point, you know, I obviously need to do something. I got a little bit behind with school, obviously, since I've been trying to get a degree at a, at a good place, good university. So, Jordan is going to SMU, getting a degree in economics. So it's not like he's a couch potato. Good. You don't have to make me sound good here. It's fine. No, but I, I don't want you to feel that you're it's not. A community college and. Oh sure, it's a community in, college. In, uh, Absolutely. Dallas. Uh, I think I think that you're you're touching on a subject about getting cut off that other people will resonate with because you're not the only person, only kid out there that has been cut off by a parent for whatever reason, whatever your dad's reasons are. You didn't realize you were uh, you were witnessing a science experiment today, folks. Okay, but we're going to dissect a pig. <laughs> It's up. It's up to you if you want to go there. But actually, we already went there, so. No, we're fine. We're. um, That's what family dysfunction is, and that's why we're talking about it because you're not alone. I'm not alone. Carl is not alone. We all have family dysfunction of some type, and the people that are willing to talk about it are going to help somebody else because then they'll be more open to talk about it. I think a lot of people feel like they have to keep something in. They have to bottle it up because, God forbid, they should say anything negative about uh, what's going on in their family or with their kids. I think that I'm going to reiterate something Carla said earlier. Your dad was raised that way, so his parents were that way. Maybe their parents were that way. It does. It's not an excuse. I'm not condoning it. I mean, I don't even know my grandparents. That's and that's a problem too, you know. Well, there's another issue. There we go. We're gonna, we just we just keep flipping just, on issues yeah, you here. Keep flipping? Let's go. I'm telling Let's keep going. Go go for it. No, I mean you know, be nice to know my grandparents. I wasn't exactly exposed to them when I was younger. Well, really, that really, that I mean, sort of is the same. Or even now, as well, a, that as an that's adult. very true. But they are a. Um, I want you to. Your know dad my is a replica. You know. of his parents. What do you think about it? I don't even know them, so I can't even frame what that picture looks like. Okay, I can frame it for you because I know them <laughs> longer than you do. Uh, it just it he is a replica of his parents. So I'm not again not not condoning what they did. It's just who they are as people. Uh, you know what? It's uh, they were very standoffish as grandparents. Yeah. He it's, didn't get much love. I mean, I know for the fact that I didn't get much love. That he didn't get much love. I mean, I I, I can count on my on my one hand. I think how many times I was hugged as a child from my dad. I mean, I. It couldn't have been more than five. I mean, I was not hugged much. Which I don't really mind. I mean, I'd rather be hugged by a girl, but I mean, I, you know. Did he ever tell you he loved you? You know, the fact that I have to think about it, probably not. That I mean, not that many times. I feel like he has, but I, it has. it's not like a, you know, like every time we talk on the phone and we hang up with. Yeah, I love you, Jordan. Or, yeah, that's I mean, true. It's like, he, you know, with him, it's just a, typically a, you know, it's just not sad. I, Nikki even, you know, my sister says it. We say it to each other. That's actually really nice. I don't even know if he says it to his, whatever you want to call her, girlfriend, fiance. Well, we're crossing a lot of lines, but you know what? Um, I still think that everything that you're saying is going to resonate with someone out there. Somebody else is going to listen to this and go, wow, man, I know what he's talking about. I live in that same shit, yeah, too. Maybe we can chat about it. You know? Well, <laughs> see, but that's the whole idea, yeah. is that people can come onto the website and, and make comments or start a conversation about, some family dysfunction, and they might even say, you know, Jordan mentioned something about blah, blah, and I, I resonate with him because you know, it happened to me, and this is how I dealt with it. Yeah. So by you sitting here and saying that I want to basically be a better dad, I want to break the cycle and be a better dad, is saying a lot. It's better than wallowing in a corner and crying. 
That's the other option, right? It's two options. Go I've, cry, cry I've in a corner. I've done it before. When I was you have done it before. You, you do it, and then you, you start to realize that you can't do that the rest of your life. You can't do that. You could. Actually, you could choose to do that, but where would it get you? That's a good question. No, no place good. I don't know. No, we're good. So it, it brings up something else that, did you feel that you were raised in a loving home, or was it sort of half and half? Was it sort of shifty? <laughs> um, no, I was definitely raised in a loving home, I, I think. I mean, because of, of you, but I mean, I mean, he wasn't like, I mean, he was just kind of like the, the big bully, you know? Um, you know, I felt like I was in definitely a loving home, for sure. I couldn't break the cycle any more than you could have when living in the same I mean, environment. You tried. I, I did Stood try. I, I did. But I guess, I guess where I'm trying to go with that is if you have two parents that are two completely opposite people in the love area, communication and love area, does one supersede another, or do you manage to overcome that obstacle and choose to be the loving one instead of the mean one? I mean, you could have you could have fought him. You guys could have had a, like a you know like that. That would have been the. I think that I th honestly think you could have taken him at one point. Like you were the better tennis player at the time. <laughs> you were the more talented. I, I thought you could if you really want to like. I mean, you know, give him some. Like, honestly, we, the problem was he never gets a taste of his own medicine. Really, you know, he never got. It was really just him doing all the yelling and. When you're standing, you were too busy standing up for everyone else, and you took all you took all the abuse from it. Really, I mean, you, you you absorbed a lot of the abuse that that we got as well. I mean, so you're right. Um, I'm not going to deny it. I it we could talk about my family dysfunction, and that's definitely was on the list. I, I'm not sure I would have gone there necessarily, but since Jordan's bringing it up, it's a it's a good good way to start. I mean, yeah, it was, it was family dysfunction really at the, at the highest level because it, it made the whole home environment stressful. There were happy times, don't get me wrong. We had good times too. But there were many times where that, those happy times just were like um, a fart, I hate to say that, where it just, <laughs> gone. <laughs> remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember. I mean, like, the fights would be steamy. You know, I remember the fights were, you know, me and Nikki would listen to them occasionally if they were, you know, good enough fights. You know, we'd come down there and, you know, listen. I mean, what you'd have to come down there. We'd just sit up there. I mean, they were loud enough. I mean, two two New Yorkers fight. It's gonna you're gonna you can hear it three <laughs> houses down. <laughs> that, I mean, that's true. That's where I learned the majority of my words. You know, that's uh, I wouldn't be such a you know I wouldn't have such a good vocabulary if it wasn't for you guys. Well, what happens when people fight? in a marriage like that over issues that are really, I, I hate to say this out loud, but to, will never be resolved. It brings a, a high amount of stress to everyone in the family. So the repercussions of standing up and putting your foot down aren't great. I'll just leave it at that. They're the I mean, only ones that, the only ones that... How much can you really do? Exactly. How much can you really do? In fact, the only ones that fared well were the dogs. Granted, right? The the dogs didn't the dogs get beat on, I mean, <laughs> verbally dogs, abused. You know, the dogs got beat on occasionally. Let's face it. I mean, uh, yeah, but bit. he had a he definitely had a soft spot for the dogs. Yeah, no, he's a soft spot. I think he. I mean, I'll tell you now. I think he loves the dogs more than me. I mean, I, I've told you that before. So let me ask you dog, a different. Dog, let me ask you a different question. At the bottom, like third. Like Would third. you ever consider having a conversation with your dad about what we just talked about? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe. Well, I feel like we did, and that's when I got cut off. So I okay. Okay. So there, I'm going right back to repercussions because this is what winds up happening when somebody feels that they can 
bully you, people attract who they are. So whoever your dad is as a person is who he's going to attract in another person. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay, so Corolla Deville. we could, you know, bitch about Corolla Deville, or we could just say, you know what? Killer. Oh, no, you were say. Oh. I was going to say that who he is as a person is who he attracts in another person. We could all say that. The common denominator is your dad. Yeah. So it's like uh, I could go into a common denominator for me on things that I've done when I couldn't understand why I did the same thing repeatedly and got the same results. The common denominator was me. Family. You did it for your family. What do you mean? You stuck in there for your family. I did. I, I did. That. I did. I did do that. that. I did it until I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But I'm. I guess I'm going back into repercussions here because you're bringing up a good point. So if I, you don't feel that at this point in your life, at 24, you could talk to your dad and say, "Hey, dad, you know what?" Well, you have. You actually have done it on occasion, and you got cut off. So there was the repercussion. Or when his girlfriend's listening on the freaking phone calls, how do you talk when you? Got someone listening on the other line. Not on the other line. Actually, you know what? Right who cares about her? It's it doesn't matter, really. Who gives a shit about Last her? Last time I told told her, you know, or told him that her cooking was shit, and she was listening to it. And then, you know, since then she she hates me from that day. And you yeah. know what? That's her choice too. She can hate whoever she wants to hate. But I'm saying at some point in the future, when you are you're still a student, when you're a working man. I wasn't planning on work. I'm living off you for the rest of my life. Okay, that's excellent. I thought I, I thought I made that clear. That's why I'm coming <laughs> on here and talking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that. Will you? Do you think you would ever really address it with him sometime down the road? Would it be worth it? If I get angry enough. So you don't? Do you feel that honesty would benefit here by being honest with him? Or you think if you were your own man making your own money and you could say, "Hey, Dad, need to have a conversation." Do you think in, that would ever happen? Case, in that case, what if I was making my own money? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so basically you're saying that right now you feel like you're a prisoner and you can't say what you need to say because you... Prisoner is one way to put it. I don't know. Well, prisoner is rough. That's a rough word. I'm saying that you feel joined at the hip because you're not on your own completely yet, so you feel that the repercussion of him cutting you off, you're going to feel it. I mean, there's definitely someone over me commanding the string. I mean, he's the one... Pulling the strings from above, you know. So I mean, I, if that's your, I mean, I don't feel like a prisoner necessarily. But a I, puppet. How about a puppet? A puppet. Yeah, that's, that's a good. puppet's better. That's yeah. a better word. See, a prisoner means that you you'd have to really fight hard to get out of prison, which you could do. But a puppet, you're basically hanging on. You know, your limbs are hanging on strings, yeah. and you're just controlled basically by else. correct, controlled by somebody else. You you're actually bringing up so many great topics. <laughs> Control. It's another one. Um, family dysfunction. Well, there, can, there can be. I bring up good topics. That's it. I knew you, you would. Have me on here before. I see. Control is another one. So control. You, when somebody feels that they can control you, you don't really have any say because you're the puppet, right? I mean, I'm a I was hands, a puppet I'm a too. Handsome puppet. I mean, yeah, you're a handsome puppet. That's all I'm gonna say. I was a pretty puppet. So I that's was true. also the same yeah, puppet. I'm gonna go there. I, I was a puppet too, and I was a puppet, and I stayed a puppet until I couldn't do it any longer. So your dad's control over me is squat. Okay, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I had a, I reached that point where I was able to get out. Divorce was the only option for me. To survive, to persevere, I had to leave to survive. I mean, I didn't get it then, but I get it now, obviously. Exactly, I and, I, and I know you get it, and I know that you're, you think that you're, our, you're following... You with a monster, huh? Yeah, shit, you know what? I did what I had to do. And you're going to do what you have to do. 
at some point you're going to make that step and you're going to, at some point down the road, it could be five years from now, you might actually have a conversation with him because you can at that point in time. You don't feel like you can do it right now. There's the bang. Boom. Did you say everything you wanted to say? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I I thought you brought up a lot of really good topics because there was a lot to be said in a short period of time. Hmm. I feel like we talked for a while, actually. I'm not really sure. We did. We, we, uh, we, we basically had a um, therapy session here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Everybody wants to talk hands. about crap. <laughs> Everyone wants to talk about it, yeah. but they're sometimes afraid to because it's a tough subject. How yeah, do you talk about your parent or your sibling or an aunt or an uncle? It's, it's, it's tough. Thank you, Jordan. No problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Jordan really touched on a couple of uh, really interesting topics, and I'm actually really happy that he came here today and did that. So um, that kind of leads me into my family dysfunction, which started at a very young age uh, as a child. My parents were, were happy at some point. I, I was never witness to it. <laughs> um, my brother and I are 18 months apart, and my mother... After my brother was born, she went into uh, born-again Christianity, but she kind of took it to the extreme. So my brother and I were raised in a very strict religious environment where we went to Sunday school, we went to church every Sunday. It wasn't an option not to go. We also learned the books of the Bible by heart and could recite them. To this day, I can still do it. And I think I, um, my parents divorced when I was about 10, I went to live with my dad for a little bit, about nine months, and he was newly married. That didn't work out too well. So I was back home, and my mother had remarried, and I really liked the stepdad. He kind of brought some peace into the uh, contentious environment. My mother and I just always locked heads. And I think I was about 17. Uh, They wanted me to marry a family friend who was 10 years older than me. That wasn't going to fly. I just, I wasn't, I didn't love him. I mean, I liked him. He was okay but certainly not somebody I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. She just had some issues with the whole sexual topic of the birds and the bees. And I guess I just got mixed messages, and I didn't know what was true and what wasn't true, and why is this okay with this one, but it's not okay with this one, and because he believes what you believe and this one doesn't. It just was very mixed messages. So at the age of 19, I left, and I knew when I left that I would never see her again. My mother and her sister and my sister, my aunt's husband, uh, it was sort of like a, I hate to call it a cult, but I'll use that word for a lack of a better one. We all kind of lived in the same house, and they wanted to build me my own separate room on the top of the house. And basically I knew that I would become a prisoner in that house if I stayed, so I chose to leave. And even though I knew I would never see them again, I knew I needed to do this to survive. I needed to move on. So coming from that environment, when I got married and I had my kids, I was not going to continue that negative cycle that had been passed down to me. I chose to go in the complete opposite direction because I didn't agree with the way she parented. And my dad's parenting, my dad was very loving and very sweet, but it was uh, one of those uh, situations where she tried to poison my mind my brother's mind against my dad. But my dad never did anything to hurt me. I didn't have anything against him. But it just put a a wedge in a relationship that should have never been there in the first place. 
So when I got married, I became a stepmom to my ex-husband's daughter from his first marriage. And I did not want to repeat the pattern that my stepmother did with me, which was no love, no acceptance. It just wasn't there. So I wanted to be the best stepmother I could be to a child who deserved to be loved. So I basically took whatever was given me and I turned it around and I flipped it. I wasn't going to repeat what was given to me. So after talking to Carla today and then talking to Jordan, I think you have a pretty wide span of family dysfunction. We talked about what was given to us as children and then how we turned it around. Now Jordan, being only 24, has a couple of years ahead of him before he's able to make good on his wish to be a better dad. But I have faith in him. I know he's going to do that. Thank you for joining me today. You can go on to my website, DonnaValentino.com, and you can hit connect and go into comments, and I would welcome your comments on what you heard today. And if you want to share any stories about family dysfunction in your life, I would love to hear it. We should share stories, and I would love to get back to you on that. Until next week, have a good one. This is Donna Valentino.